25 years ago, a growing regional bakery made a big decision to support a truly original American art form, jazz music. Fryhofer's Baking Company became the leading sponsor of the Saratoga Jazz Festival. Two and a half decades later, and Fryhofer's and its parent company, Bimba Bakeries USA, remain important patrons of jazz and recently renewed their sponsorship commitment to the Saratoga Jazz Festival for another five years. We chat to Lorraine Hale, Vice President and General Manager of BBU, and festival producer Danny Melnick about this unique relationship. Lorraine and Danny, thank you very much indeed for joining me here today. Firstly, please tell me about the Fryhofer Saratoga Jazz Festival. The Jazz Festival started at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in Saratoga Springs, New York in 1978. It was originally a partnership with George Ween, who was a great jazz and other music festival impresario who passed away in September of 2021, uh, a few weeks shy of his 96th birthday. George Ween started the Newport Jazz Festival in 1954, the Newport Folk Festival in 1959, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival in 1970, and many, many other huge music festivals around the world throughout that time, and came to Saratoga Springs looking for a, a new venture and created a partnership with the Saratoga Performing Arts Center um, to start the festival in 1978. The festival just celebrated its 45th edition this past weekend, um, including an online presentation we did in 2020 and a smaller modified event that we did last year with COVID restrictions uh, that New York State put upon us. So the festival has never taken a break and is in fact, one of the longest continuously running uh, jazz festivals and music festivals in North America and also around the world. Um, so it's a fabulous event. It's a two day event. It always takes place at the end of June. And um, we have two stages there and about 25 groups perform over the two days. And Fryhoffers has been the title sponsorship now for 25 editions. This was their 25th anniversary uh, this past weekend as well. So it, it had some different names early on in its history, um, but became the Fryhoffers Saratoga Jazz Festival in, I think, 1998. So I think that includes 2022 would be the 25th year. Um, so... It's and it's been a obviously a tremendous and incredible relationship that we've had with Fryhoffers. So um, I have the pleasure of working at uh, Beanbow Bakeries USA and Fryhoffer um, Breads and Baked Goods, Sweet Baked Goods, um, is one of our regional gems. Um, it's a brand that's in the uh, capital area to include Saratoga, Saratoga Springs, as well as being distributed throughout all of New York State and up into New England. And as such, um, being so entrenched in that community, uh, 25 years ago, as you said, Danny, we made the decision to support this truly um, original American art form, right, jazz. 
and the um, Saratoga Jazz Festival. And so Fryhopper um, today um, sells breads and delicious chocolate chip cookies. And mm -hmm. um, you know, we recognized <clears throat> and are recognized as the quote unquote pride of the neighborhood. <clears throat> and we like to associate ourselves with um, these sort of tremendous community-based events. Although I know that the Saratoga Jazz Festival, while being based very much in uh, New York State, does uh, bring in um, folks you know, um, who are fans of jazz um, from all over, not just New York State, right, but all over the United States as well. So as you've mentioned, it's been a long-term partnership. Is it expected to last for much, much longer? So, so, um, so what I can tell you is that we historically have had year-to-year -year, um, commitments, although, you know, we, we love the relationship. We hadn't previously looked forward longer than a year-to-year -year commitment. But this past year, um, recognizing, you know, this long-standing relationship, we made the decision to um, tie uh, the Fryhopper brand to the Saratoga Jazz Festival through to the 50th anniversary of the Saratoga Jazz Festival and potentially beyond. But we are committed um, to this uh, jazz festival, to the Fryhopper Saratoga Jazz Festival um, for five years to come. Um, and we'll have a great 50th celebration together, I'm sure. Can you let me know what the uh, sponsorship comprises? Um, well, um, it's a monetary support so that uh, Danny can put together a fantastic uh, lineup of artists every year. Um, you know, additionally, there are some other community events that have been tied to the Jazz Festival over the years. Um, things like working with students in schools in the local area to promote music education. Uh, but for the most part, we are um, ensuring that the lineup of artists um, is able to be constructed and Danny does a terrific job with that and we're sponsoring that main stage event. Well, you know, the, the partnership with Fryhofer is, is such a wonderful thing for us too because um, so many people uh, in the region and beyond the region know the brand so well and it's a very good natural fit for us. And so the, the funny thing about it is that people call the festival Fry, like Fryhofer's Jazz Fest. <laughs> and uh, so not only just the public, but even people in the industry, um, you know, I have booking agents that I work with globally and they will email me or call and say, what's doing with Fryhofer's next year? You know, can my artist play at Fryhofer's? So it, it's, a, it's really an interesting thing how that has been able to play out for us. And I think that the branding has become such a natural fit that uh, it adds a lot to the overarching event anyway because of of the you know of the power of the brand and and the natural fit that we we have you know with the brand. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the two day events? Sure. So the Saratoga Performing Arts Center is a spectacular outdoor amphitheater. It's a historic venue. It, it was built in the mid 1960s and it hosts uh, about 5,200 people inside the amphitheater when it's sold out. And then the lawn actually can hold another almost 20,000 people. Wow. So while we don't do those numbers for the jazz festival, they do have a lot of pop and rock and country concerts there throughout the summer. 
mm-hmm. that do draw these massive crowds for these huge, you know, famous groups. Um, they also host a residency for the New York City Ballet and a residency for the Philadelphia Orchestra. And they do a wine and food festival, usually in September, and quite a few community events that they do all throughout the spring and summer as well. The venue is typically open um, from mid-May until mid-October, but they've just recently done this multi-million dollar renovation on the property where they've built this beautiful new plaza with new food court, new restrooms, and a new um, like education slash event building right. that's there. And I think their goal is to do things indoors in that smaller space um, all throughout the year, particularly educational events. They have a very strong educational initiative there. So, And the Saratoga Performing Arts Center is actually run by a non-for-profit uh, organization um, but it does exist on New York State Park property. Um, okay. So they do have a deep relationship with the New York State's Department of Parks. Um, but it's a very famous, iconic, beautiful venue. And the festival itself, uh, all through these years, um, takes advantage of the amphitheater stage and a smaller stage that we have on the grass. And so what I try to do is I book a very diverse roster of artists, um, jazz, blues, soul, Latin music, world music, um, you know, really, really differing types of artists. And I I have the two stages um, performing simultaneously, except that when I do the uh, set breaks on the two stages, they're different timings. And, they're you know, the music starts on one stage at a different time so that there's constantly music per- being performed, but not always at the same time. So it gives the audience a chance to go back and forth mm-hmm. and hear these different artists throughout the day um, without feeling too pressured because, you know, all, all of the music is not constantly happening at the same time. We have a huge crafts tent with about uh, 30 or so regional crafts vendors. Um, we have a lot of really good food there and, um, the audience is incredibly diverse. Um, we have built up an audience over the years that really goes from young people until people in their seventies and beyond. Mm -hmm. And the audience, as Lorraine mentioned before, the jazz festival audience really travels. So we do very good business regionally, but the audience, about half of the audience travels from at least 100 miles or further to Saratoga Springs for the festival. And we get a large contingency of people from the New York City, uh, Connecticut, New Jersey metropolitan area. A lot of people come from Pennsylvania and Delaware and Maryland and Virginia uh, and certainly Canada, too. We have a, a really strong eastern seaboard audience, but we amazingly you know, we have people that travel from from California and you know all over America, right. particularly, but but Canada too, and 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 we've had some European visitors and you know on and off over the past. And sometimes, obviously, we don't even know where everybody's coming from per se, but we do know that it's um, a very diverse audience, and uh, and people do travel. You mentioned the end of June. Has it happened? Yes. Yeah, so the festival was this past weekend. 
Right. Um, it was glorious, and it was a really emotional weekend because, as you know, the 2020 event had to be canceled. Right. And we wound up doing some things online, which was a very nice thing for the audience, but um, clearly not what we would typically do there. And then in 2021, we had a lot of New York State government restrictions about gathering that were um, in place throughout the winter and spring leading into the festival. So the planning of the festival was beholden to what was going on with the New York State government and the COVID protocols. So at the end of the day, instead of having around 25 groups with the two stages, they allowed us essentially to do eight groups on one stage. And they really wanted us done before dark. And they made us do pod seating inside the amphitheater for reserved seats. So you mm -hmm. would have two, three or four people and then a whole bunch of seats around them in a radius that were empty and then a few more seats. And on the lawn, they we had to draw circles on the lawn with paint, basically, and create pods on the lawn that accommodated up to four people in a pod. Right. And masking was required, et cetera, et cetera. So last year, we had eight groups. We had four groups each day. We had a very small modified event with a, a moderate audience. Um, and then... Uh, but this year we we really were able to come back, you know, in full force. And that was a very emotional thing because so many people hadn't been there since 2019. And, you know, we as a partnership and a team were back producing this large scale event, um, getting our sea legs back. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of details go into putting the event together Um and making it happen. And fortunately, this past weekend, the weather was beautiful. Um, it was hot, but there was no rain. And, um, you know, people really had a fabulous time. And the artists were very thankful for the gigs. You know, they I booked a lot of the artists that were supposed to play in 2020 right. on this festival because I promised them the work, you know, and the engagement um, when the cancellation happened that year. So, it was great. It was just a fantastic event. And, um, you know, we're really looking forward to the future already. Lorraine, how important are sponsorships like this for BBU? Um, you know, BBU is, um, you know, 35 brands um, nationally here in the United States. Uh, many of those brands are uh, engaged in programs that are of a national scope. Um, for example, we annually donate about 20 million pounds of food to Feeding America, um, you know, and so we, as part of our DNA, um, are engaged in wherever our consumers are. You know, we're on 80% of the household tables here in America, and we take that very, very seriously, that responsibility, right? So, you know, mm. ensuring that consumers are, um, you know, seeing our brands, that we're delivering the quality, but that we also are um, part of their lives in other ways that are true, relevant, and meaningful. Um, we sponsor with Fryhofer specifically, not only the Saratoga, Fryhofer Saratoga Jazz Festival, but also the Fryhofer Run for Women, um, which happens every year, as well as Melodies of Christmas, um, which we um, 
work with the local medical Albany Medical Center to raise funds for childhood cancer. So there are a series of uh, different events, all um, very focused on being engaged with and benefiting the community that Fryhofer serves. Um, we have other regional brands where we have um, similar programs, um, you know, fighting hunger events with our Mrs. Mm -hmm. Baird brand in Texas and um, and and so on, um, because it is, as I said, truly part of uh, Bimbo Bakery's DNA to um, really be part of um, the communities in the United States that we serve and participate in. It's very much a, a lead on from Grupo Bimbo's most ethical company in the world that you have taken on here. Yes, um, for certainly. Um, you know, we've been uh, Energy Star, a partner of the year for many years. Um, as you say, we have, um, you know, been recognized for our commitments to sustainability with our electric vehicles. You know, all of our electricity in the United States is offsets. Um, so, um, you know, completely with wind energy at this point. And, and every one of our bakeries, um, we are focused on um, water management um, so that there is water, uh, no water waste, uh, very focused on reducing food waste, as I said, with our donations to Feeding America, but also importantly, um, changing how we manage our production and ordering such that we are not, um, you know, putting waste into the market, right, that we're being very, very efficient. So I'm always really proud to work for both Bimbo Bakeries and our parent company, as you say, Grupo Bimbo, because um, you know, we are uh, we are a footprint on the earth and we have to make sure that we step as lightly as we can. And Grupo Bimbo takes that very, very seriously. How has the company been able to cope with the current challenges with the wheat shortage and the runaway in price increases? Yes, I mean, that's um, something that's all around us, um, you know, Due to the war that's happening in the Ukraine, there are going to be uh, potentially wheat shortages that will affect probably Africa more so than other countries in um, Europe. And in the United States, we would not be directly impacted by those events that are happening, more so by um, you know, standard yeah. impacts like weather. Um, and right. that is a concern every year. Um, and inflation, ingredients, um, packaging, all of those things have been of significant impact. And, you know, we have to be um, you know, we have to be mindful of, you know, what we um, what we uh, what we do in terms of, you know, what our consumers will have to face. I, I can tell you that, um, you know, when you think about having a home meal, whether it's a hamburger, a chicken sandwich or your favorite sandwich, that there is a significant value to doing that in your home with good quality ingredients as opposed to going to a restaurant um, and feeding your family, you know, hamburgers from a quick service restaurant. So, you know, the quality is going to be better and you know that it's going to be much more affordable. Um, these are these are real concerns um, that we're all facing. And, you know, we try to be uh, mindful of that using our scale to our best advantage to help us manage pricing that we have to put into the marketplace. Danny, next year's festival, can you tell me a little bit when that is expected uh, so people can start planning? The festival next year is going to be uh, June 24 and 25, 2023. Um, we've already started to make offers to a few artists. 
Um, things these days coming out of the pandemic have been pretty insane with the bookings. Um, a lot of the artists are all obviously scrambling to make up income uh, that they lost from uh, this past couple of years. And the marketplace is very flooded right now with live entertainment. But it's also really tricky because um, audiences in some places are not all coming out just yet. Um, and uh, the artists are still getting COVID. So there's can tour cancellations and show cancellations constantly. Fortunately, this past weekend, all the artists made it and everybody seemed healthy. So and hopefully you know, everybody's okay coming out of the festival. So the agents are booking earlier and earlier now they're pushing things much further into the future to um get the venues and you know the clubs and the theaters and the festival bookings for their clients as early as possible so that they can solidify you know the artist plan so we are starting to see that happening and we are uh, making offers to artists now um for next year and um you know we had a really fabulous wrap-up meeting on monday after the festival and and uh, we're very happy about how things went, but also, you know, very eager to always improve um, the audience experience, um, uh, you know, there. So we talked a lot about, um, you know, reconfiguring a few things and, um, you know, changing a, a couple of things on site to enhance, you know, the experience for the audience. So the festival is an interesting thing because it only happens for 48 hours, but it's really an all year process to plan and promote, um, you know, and produce the event. You, we book all the artists and then we have obviously on sale and marketing and promotion and publicity. And then, um, you know, a lot of community outreach and, you know, different things that we do, um, you know, throughout the year to plan uh, the best event we possibly can for the audience. Doreen, is there anything exciting on the horizon for BBU? Oh my, um, well that's a terrific question. Um, there's there's always a lot exciting on the horizon for us. Um, you know, as I think about our um, back to school timing, um, you know, that's very important for us for bread uh, category overall. We will have some new entries into the marketplace there, um, ones that bring more plant focus uh, to bread. We know that most consumers are very interested in plant-based items and we'll be introducing um, the first that has some veggies included in um, a bread product. So we're very excited about that for our Sara Lee brand. And then for Fryhofer, as I had mentioned, um, you know, not only do we work with um, Danny and the team at uh, the Saratoga Performing Arts Center for the Fryhofer Saratoga Jazz Festival, um, but we also do our Melodies of Christmas events, and that happens every year with the Albany Medical Center. And as we look forward, we would just ask, um, you know, your listeners um, to be aware of that. And, um, you know, if, if they're in the area, um, in the capital region of New York, uh, perhaps they could join the event and help us to support that great institution as we do with our Fryhofer brand. I'd just like to say that we um, we do truly appreciate um, Danny and um, you know Elizabeth and Christy and all the team that we work with to put together this terrific event every year. Um, we're very proud, um, Fry Hoppers and Bimbo Bakeries, to be affiliated with this long-standing um, cultural gem that we have um, right there in Saratoga, uh, New York.
and I too want to second what Lorraine said. I mean, the partnership has been so fabulous and, um, you know, we're just honored that Freihoffers, uh, loves the festival so much and, and, you know, they're such a important and fantastic company and brand. And, uh, it's, it's just been a very wonderful relationship for such a long time, which is very rare in, you know, any part of the entertainment business. Um, and uh, yeah, we're really excited about the future. 